0: Uh, Lift your hands and tell the Lord how much you love Him. Thank you, Lord God, for your presence. Thank you, Father, for your Word. Thank you that we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you that we're well-prepared, a well-watered garden. We thank you that we receive with honor the, the Word, the mighty living Word of God today in Jesus' name. Because the Lord is good, and his mercy endureth forever. Let's say it again. The Lord is good, and his mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and tell them something good is going to happen to you today. Amen. Something good is going to happen to you. Amen. You may be seated. Our next guest, minister... It has been a delight for Terry and I to, to uh, get to know. And uh, I want to thank Pastor David for introducing us. And uh, I'm going to be very candid because this is a more of a leadership level meeting. And, but in my lifetime, one of the things that's hurt me, my, it's hurt my heart. If it's hurt my heart, it's really hurt the Lord. Is many, many times churches do not transition well from one pastor to another. And it's just a fact. And we've seen many things go wrong in those circumstances. And uh, you, you try to do it, everything possible for it to flow correctly, but I think in the end, it's probably more a combination of prayer and the love of God than anything. And God can then cause the right things to intersect and when I look at these two men, it just makes me want to smile to see somebody did it right. It just gives me joy, and I know it gives David joy as well. Glory to God, because uh, David was able to uh, install Pastor Jonathan in his stead, and and walk away from a lifetime of investment of an obedience to God with the confidence that it will continue. And so I, I just admire that, and, and it just puts Jonathan 10 pegs higher on my list because not every younger man can respect an older man and bring honor into the kingdom of God and by that glorify not himself nor the other man but the Lord Jesus, which then brings in the harvest. Amen? Amen. So, there's much I don't know about Jonathan. What I do know is his father was a pastor in the Dominican Republic who came to the United States as a missionary. Wow. He was trained by American missionaries in the Dominican Republic, but then came here to minister. So, thank you for the heritage of your faith like Timothy. And uh, I also know... It, his father, uh, it must be an amazing man because the whole family's serving the Lord, and both your brothers are in the ministry, if I'm not mistaken. We've preached for one uh, over in Jersey. My wife and I went down. That was fun. Glory to God. And uh, so without any further ado, let's uh, stand up, and give the Lord a hand clap for the gift of God in Jonathan Calderon. Pastor. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord.
1: Why don't you you remain standing, please? Remain standing uh, like a Catholic church. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Amen. And let's just lift up our hands and let's pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. I so enjoy the teaching of Pastor Dale's son. Uh, That was amazing. Uh, There was a theologian who wanted to take the Old Testament out of the canon, Marcion. And, uh, of course, he had no vision. Uh, And we, we saw today how everything ties in. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. He was the same good God in the Old Testament. He was just dealing with a lot of knuckleheads back then. Uh, but he's the same God. He never changes. Amen. So uh, my name is Jonathan Calderon. I am from the Dominican Republic, that country where you want to go on vacation. I was born and raised there. My father is a, was a pastor. He was an Assemblies of God pastor. I was born in the first church that he was pastoring in a small town in the Dominican Republic, so I grew up in the context of the scriptures. I've been preaching since I was 12 years old, had revivals when I was 14, and then when I was 18, I rebelled. I went to Florida to preach at another church. That was my way of rebelling against my parents. I left them, and I went to preach. Amen, and uh, So I've been, um, you know, we we came to the country in the 1980s to Massachusetts. My father was assigned a church in Haverhill, Massachusetts. So in the middle of winter, we moved from warm, beautiful Dominican Republic to Massachusetts (laughs) in in the middle of winter, where they don't cancel school if it, 12 feet of snowfalls, good go to school. Amen. So I had my first American experience, and uh, I loved it because I'd never seen so many beautiful white girls in one location at one time. So um, I'm telling you the truth. That's what happened. Amen. I was single back then. I'm married now. Uh, But so it it was a great experience for me. I said, wow, this this must be paradise that Zach was talking about. (laughs) Amen. So um, uh, we we were there, and uh, after a while, my father was assigned to a church in Camden, uh, the, the the safest city in the country, Camden, New Jersey. Uh, and uh, we he pastored there for a while. He had the largest Spanish church there, and there he his work in the community got recognized by the Philadelphia, uh, the, the team, the Phillies, and. And the U.S. government, he was invited to the White House multiple times, and uh, he retired. And now my brother is pastoring that church. And it was a sign. I met Pastor Dave Landis on, on on a by mutual friend. We were attending a conference, and I was pastoring a Spanish church. And when I when when we met, we were at a at a restaurant, and Pastor Dave told me that in that occasion, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and told him, this is the person that is going to take over your ministry, your legacy. As a pastor's son, I'm very jealous of elder ministers. I'm zealous for them, that their, their labor through the years will not be wasted, that what they've done uh, through the years will not be wasted, and that they will be honored as they deserve. And so I consider, he calls me, uh, his pastor, I call him my apostle. Uh, because an apostle lays a foundation, and you can build upon that foundation that the apostle has laid. And that's whom Pastor Davis, to me and to my wife, I am married, uh, happily married, and uh, I have, we have two children, Joshua and Caleb. Joshua goes to Messiah University. He wants to be like me, hopefully better. He's studying, studying ministry, and my son Caleb is is in high school there in um, in Harrisburg. So, in about a year and a half that we've been here in, 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 in Pennsylvania, uh, we have fallen in love with the state. Um, it's been very good to us, especially the weather. It's been lovely. <laughs> sure. Um, especially in the wintertime. Uh, but really, uh, we have fallen in love with what God is doing here, and we are happy here. Amen. And uh, the day of our uh, installation service, uh, Pastor Dale Armstrong was the one who released us into the ministry that we are now uh, heading. Uh, Pastor Dave was there. Pastor Dale Armstrong laid hands on us and and prophesied upon us. And we have seen amazing things in a year and a half. God is glorifying himself, and we give him all the glory. Amen? Yes. I was going to sing, but, you know, you've heard singers before, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> I want you actually to go to your Bibles, to Ephesians chapter four seventeen. Now I do have an accent as you have, as you are hearing, so if you hear something wrong or it's my, just blame it on my accent. Amen. Ephesians chapter four seventeen. And this afternoon, what I feel led to speak to you about is the renewing in the spirit of your mind the renewing in the spirit of your mind. The Apostle Paul uh, writes in Ephesians chapter 417, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord. Uh, I'm going to read it out of of the New King James Version. Uh, Let me just switch it. I had the old King James, but I'm going to use the New King James. It's easier for my accent. In true righteousness and holiness. So, here the Apostle Paul is instructing the believers to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And we know there are various passages in the scriptures that talk about how that renewal will affect whether you are going to partake of God's perfect will. If the renewal is not complete, if the mind hasn't been, uh, the spirit of the mind has not been renewed, there are some things that you will not be able to partake on this life. So, the renewal of the spirit of your mind, what is not? It is not to be renewed in your spirit. The spirit of man does not need renewal. The spirit of man needs to be recreated, born again, born from above. We are not told to renew our spirits. That's, that's worldly talk. Even prophetically, uh, David prophesies in his re- psalm of repentance, creating me a renewed or a new heart, creating me a, a clean heart, oh God, create don't renew it, create, make something new, make something that did not exist. So our spirit does not need renewal, man's spirit needs to be born again. Once you're born again, your spirit is born of God. And as Zach was saying, you are—you become a temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and that deepest part of you is protected by God to the point that Uh, John, the theologian, has the audacity to say that those who are born of God cannot sin in that area that was born of God. When you were born again, how many of you know your body was not born again? Your body still has the same desires. Your soul has not been born again either. That's why it needs the Word. You need the Word so that the word will save your soul the Bible says however your spirit that inward part of you has been born again and is kept so long as you are keeping yourself in the, in the faith is kept by God to the point that it is protected even from the stain of sin and is joined to God and this is, goes again with the previous teaching. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says that he who is joined to the Lord is what? One spirit. One spirit. the Same as when you are joined to your wife. You are one flesh, one spirit. So one, once a person is joined to the Lord, their spirit is attached to him to the point that separation can only be possible by causing tremendous damage. Because you're one. Divorce is possible, but you know, people that go through divorce, they know that it feels as though an arm is being detached from you. It feels as though a, a body part is being torn apart from you. Because it's not normal. You are one with that person, and all of a sudden, separation is happening. So, Being renewed in the spirit of your mind is not renewing your spirit. It is also not to fill your brain with information, even though it might be Bible information. The renewal of the spirit of of your mind does not come by the accumulation of knowledge even though it might be Bible knowledge. You can, know, you can know a lot of Bible and not be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And I, I think if you have ever had a conversation with a drug addict or, or an alcohol addict who knows the Bible, you will know how, how they quote scriptures, I don't. Know, I, I, maybe maybe you've you, you, you've dealt with people. They they quote scriptures and they have so much Bible knowledge. But when it comes to the nitty gritty, when it comes to applying the word, there is, a, is an empty space there. Because Bible knowledge does not necessarily translate to a renewed mind, and that is hard for us to say. That especially us, you know, Word of Faith people who are Bible lovers. How many of you love your Bible? Uh, I uh, I love my Bible. I am what He says uh, I am. I can do what He says He can do today. I'm going to receive. So we love our Bible. However, you can know a lot of Bible and be a rebel in your church. You can use Scripture deceitfully to ma- to manipulate other people. And you can know a lot of Bible and miss the Word. I'm going to say that again. The folk in the back, you can know a lot of Bible and miss the word in front of you. One of the requirements of the uh, to be a Pharisee or uh, to be of the of the higher echelon of religious society in the times of Jesus is you had to memorize the whole Torah. Yeah, Uh, have you memorized a whole book of the Bible? (laughs) I mean, these people had to memorize. The first five books just to get started. Okay, so these are the folk that Jesus is talking to. And Jesus, who is the Word, standing right in front of them, and and they know Scripture but cannot recognize the Word. They know Scripture but they cannot see the Word. In flesh, standing in front of them, the author and the author and finisher of, of revelation, the alpha and the Omega, standing right in front of them, and that I believe that 's a situation with a lot of Christians who know a lot of Bible, uh, but their mind has not been renewed never it doesn 't translate into love it doesn 't translate into kindness, it doesn't translate into compassion. So just having a lot of Bible knowledge does not tell me that you have a renewed mind. And just to stir, up, stir you up a little bit and to make you mad, <laughs> eternal life is not a gift of the inspired word, Eternal life is a gift of the incarnate Word. You must. He- Did you hear that? Eternal life is not a gift of the inspired Word. Eternal life is a gift of the incarnate Word. This is what Jesus said, John five thirty nine. You search the Scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of whom? You, you, you've got to read it with me. I want, I want to also read it. Let's thought let's, let's, so You're in church. You're in church, right? So 1, 2, and 3. Verse 39. You search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of whom? Of me, the incarnate word. And then he says on verse 40, as a witness against them, 1, 2, and 3, but you are not willing to what? Come to whom? To me. That you may have life. So, Jesus here tells you plainly, eternal life is my gift. I give it. You don't get it through your much studying. You don't get it through your much knowledge. You don't get it through your much experience. It's not what you know, it's who you know. So then, what is to be renewed in the spirit of your mind? And now I'm going to use the King James because the King James in my iPad I feel like a heathen because I don't have a physical Bible. And Pastor, Pastor Dale Armstrong said that you know you should have a physical Bible. So next time I'm going to have a physical Bible. But if we go, if we go here in the King James, we will notice that. Uh, let me go here. King James is strong. So if you have any any sort of. Uh, application or Bible with, with connected with the King James and Strong, you will know here that it, when, when, the, when the apostle talks in Ephesians chapter 417, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, there are a couple of Greek words here that are important. The spirit, of course, this word spirit is pneuma. That's the Greek word for spirit. Uh, and the word mind there is the word nous. Uh, the early church fathers spoke a lot about the news. The news was a subject of the early church. The church studied a lot on the meaning of the news, that part of your soul that we call the intellect or the mind. So Paul is saying be renewed in the spirit of your mind, or have your news, your mind, have it quickened. Because the Holy Spirit or spirit is attached to quickening, to bringing life, to enlightening. Later, uh, Of course, first chapter 1, you know, uh, chapter 1, the prayer that that Paul prayed, that the Lord would enlighten the eyes of our understanding. So that word news is, is used in Scripture. It's also used, and, and I love it because uh, it's very important. So here you see the, the importance of the renewing of the mind. You, these disciples, this, this, this 12, 11 disciples by the time Jesus resurrected, they had been hanging around with Jesus for, for three and a half years, and they heard him preach and see they saw him do miracles and signs and wonders. Yet, their mind was not renewed. Jesus would often rebuke them. Say, oh, don't you understand the scriptures? Oh, you are little faith. What is wrong with you? Don't you get me? He was frustrated many times with them because they, their, their minds were not renewed. But glory to God for the resurrection. Yes, three people say yes. Glory to God for the resurrection. Yes. Because in the resurrection, Jesus appears with a gift. Go with me to John Luke chapter... 24, Luke, chapter 24, verse 45. And actually, let's read a little, let's read the background. Let's start at verse 36. <clears throat> and I'm going to read the, the version that the Pastor Dave Landis loves, the King James Version, the only version that the Holy Spirit inspired. <clears throat> this is what he says. And as they thus spake, it's hard for me, thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is myself. Handle me and see for a spirit has no flesh and bones as you has seen me. So, one of the things I speak about when it comes to the resu- res- uh, resurrection of our Lord is that resurre- resurrection is not resuscitation. See, a lot of people, they confuse. They th- so, when we, when, for example, when we speak about Lazarus' resurrection, it's not really a resurrection. It's a resuscitation. He's brought back from the dead, but his body is the same. He still has a mortal body, subject to sickness and disease. And yes, Lazarus is going to live Many around, a lot of theologians say, 12 years. He lived 12 years after his resurrection. He became a bishop in Crete, and he died. Why did he die? Because he was brought back to death, but he did not experience the resurrection. Resurrection the resurrection is likened to when you plant a seed and it's giving a, 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 a different, the same body but in a glorified state. Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians 15. So a glorified body looks like you, but it's not completely looking like you. So people who... Is for example, the best way to think about it is when Joseph is sitting on the throne. Okay, so imagine... Imagine the customs of, of, of Egypt. Uh, Joseph, uh, a, a, a Jewish boy who probably had a beard, had sitsis, the, 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 whole, the whole thing of the, the Hebrews, had a, a certain physical appearance. Now, years later, he's sitting on a throne in the court of Egypt. We know that they shave completely, and we know that they use makeup. And we know that the man is regal. He's on a glorified say. The brothers come and see him and they can't recognize him. And that happens to Jesus after his resurrection. People see him and they're like, is it you or is it not you? Who, who? Because it's, it's, it's glorified. Shout with me, glorified. glorified. See, that's what's going to happen to us. It's not a resuscitation, it's a glorification. It's a resurrection. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Resurrection power makes new things. So that's not the message. There were <laughs> that's right. And, the, <laughs> and as they those spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, peace be unto you. But they were what? Terrified and affrightened. So this that the appearance must be. So glorious, that is terrifying. Tell the person next to you, that's going to happen to you. (laughs) Brother, that's coming. That's what's... So they, they were like... They were terrified. And he said, why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet. That is myself. In other words, he's showing them, guys, look. My hands, my feet, you remember? Nails, the marks are here. Handle me, for a spirit has no flesh and bones, as you see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And to further convince them, he asked them, Have you any meat here? In verse 41. So definitely he's not a vegetarian. Definitely not. Vegetarians are not going to go to heaven. Just kidding, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. And by the way, it's, it's in, in, the, in the King James Version, says meat. The other versions you'll say food. Because really, it's not meat as though we're talking about a steak. Okay, it's talking about food. But yes, the joke is good, right? Meat. Now, and they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And a honeycomb. One of the things that shocked me when I went to Israel is that they eat fish for breakfast. Lord, that is nasty. They eat fish for breakfast. You're in? Count me out. So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and a honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, verse 44, These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So the same, the same conversation that he had with the disciples on the road to Emmaus. You know, he showed them through the scriptures. What Zach did here. show them through the scriptures that it's the same story. The story did not cease god did not do away with the law jesus did not abolish the law he fulfilled the law so the story continues verse 45 this is the point then open he their understanding that they might understand what this so, you're telling me that after three and a half years of being with Jesus, their minds were yet not renewed. Their minds were not renewed. And in order for their minds to be renewed, he had to open their news. Check it out in the Strong Concordance. That word understanding there is news. News. That verse that we love to quote as preachers. We love Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, a favorite of all preachers. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a what? A living sacrifice. So that means that in the New Testament, for all those who think sacrifices are over, in the New Testament, we still offer sacrifices. We don't offer animal sacrifices, but we offer sacrifices. Sacrifices. Just I just felt that I should put, out, put that there. Oh, pastor, I don't have to do anything. No, 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 no. We offer sacrifices. Your giving is a sacrifice. Your worship is a sacrifice. Your life of holiness is a sacrifice. So offer or present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is an oxymoron because sacrifices usually die, but this is a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service or what is expected of you. And be not conformed or be not patterned to this world. Don't let the world mold you, but be transformed. Trans- the, the, the movie's coming out, Transformers. What number is it that's coming out? Be, you don't know, okay. Be transformed by what? By the renewing of your news. Mind, news. Again, the same word. Transformation. Be, be metamorphos, metamorphosis. The very form. Be changed into something new completely different by the renewing of your mind. So when Jesus Christ opened their understanding, Peter is not the same guy anymore. Boldness has come to Peter. Peter and the disciples were not articulate. They couldn't speak in public. They were not trained orators. But when the mind is renewed... Intelligence, divine intelligence, takes hold even of your mouth. And you start speaking with wisdom. God gives you utterance to declare the mysteries of the gospel in a convincing and powerful way. That does not come by taking a class in college. Neither does he come by learning a lot of Bible verses, as good as that is. I'm going to talk about that now. There is a power that is attached to the renewal of your news, your mind, your intellect. That, in Greek, that word news is defined by the early church fathers as the purest aspect of the soul. The news is defined as the eyes, the eyes of your soul, the soul's faculty of a spiritual awareness. The news sees, they, then you have an, the intellect, then translate. What the news sees, what the renewed mind sees, your spiritual intellect translate, and then is transformed or stored in your heart. A renewed mind is, being renewed in the spirit of your mind by having the eyes of your understanding enlightened is so crucial that Jesus says that only those whose heart are pure, will what? See God. So there, there's, there's a seeing of the glory of God that will not be available to you unless your mind is renewed. There's a seeing of, of the greatness of God that will not come to your grasp until your mind is renewed. And, and I, I got I to gotta hone this. The renewal of the spirit of the mind is not a mental exercise. And this is where it's going to get gooder. Pardon my English. The renewal of the spirit of the mind is not a mental exercise. It is a spiritual experience by which one is beholding God and being transformed into the same image. Say Say with me, image. Image is important. Image, the Greek word for image is icon. It's important because, number one, we were created in the what? Image and likeness of God. And we were created not only in the image and likeness of God, we were created also to image God. So as God is God of the universe, man was supposed to be God of the earth image God so what you see with a renewed mind the, the ability that you get with a renewed mind is super important because that is what you will reflect I believe oh, all the all the science and the advancement in technology in imaging we have a, a young a, a young society that is image led through their phones, through their computer screens. It's all about images. Now Jacob knew about this. That's why Jacob when the when the remember when the the the, 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 the lambs were getting pregnant that he put he put stripes because he knew that there was there's something about what you see, you reproduce. So we have a generation that is image led. It's all about images. They need to have a screen in front of them, a phone in front of them all the time. And 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 now we have uh, when they all when they're all seeing the same thing, then then we then something becomes becomes trendy, and they start emulating and doing what they see on TikTok, the trends of TikTok. And now a young child is is doing something stupid that killed him. And we have all the... Did I say stupid? I'm sorry. But there's no other word to say. And now we have a lot of kids doing the same thing because they saw an image And that image trended, and they're imitating what they're seeing. So, Paul talks to us in Corinthians about what we should image. And how the renewal of the mind is important. Before we read Corinthians, uh, let's go to this prayer that I know you pray All the time. It's in Ephesians chapter one, verse fourteen. Actually, let's read verse seventeen. So he says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Notice that he he prayed later on that we might be renewed in the what? In the spirit of our mind. With me, the spirit of our mind, and now Paul is saying that God will grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And what does this wisdom do? The eyes of your understanding that's your news being enlightened that you might know what is the hope of His calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? What is, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power that is at work within us? So I, I, I often teach uh, my church, or not my church, Jesus' church that I'm, I'm pastoring right now. Thank God. Thank you for Pastor Dave. I often teach them that never listen to a prophet that is telling you, I feel. I feel. I feel oh, I feel that you should marry her. She says, run. That's, that's right, run. When you walk with the Lord and when your mind is renewed, you walk in knowing. Paul says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you might what? No, that you might feel. You know, we have a lot of Christians that it's all about Feeling. I feel the anointing right now. Oh, Lord, uh, it's all about feelings. Uh, I feel good. Uh, It's all about feeling. But that's not the gospel. The gospel is all about knowing. Not knowing with your mind, but knowing with your knower. Knowing with the knowledge that you have inside. Shout with me that I might know. Oh, well, you guys are not shouting right. Shout it that I might know. That's shouting. That's good. So now, for us New Covenant ministers, Paul talks to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Know not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also has made us able ministers of the New Covenant, New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. My wife often, often quotes that, book, that verse to let me know that that's, that's why she doesn't like to read books. She says, because the letter kills. But I tell you, no, that's not talking about that, babe. Just just, just kidding. My wife loves to read. Hopefully, she's not watching this. Hopefully, this is not online. So, he's talking about, of course, if you don't know the spirit in which the commandments of God were written, it will minister death to you. And what Zach did today was so beautiful because he he connected the Old Testament, brought it to the New, showing us that God's spirit has always been to dwell with his people. That's the spirit of the law. That's what God always wanted to transmit. He always wanted to be a God that dwells amongst his people. He's not a distant God. It's a close to you God. And that's what we call him Emmanuel. Amen? God with us. Verse 7. But if the ministration of death, written and engraved in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses, for the glory of his countenance, which glory was done away. So he's talking about the ministration of death. He's talking, of course, about the Ten Commandments. He calls the Ten Commandments the administration of death. Why? Because the day the Ten Commandments were given, how many people died? 3,000. Because the people, while Moses was receiving the commandments, the people were having uh, a party with the DJ. The DJ was Aaron. DJ Aaron in the mix. And uh, getting into all sorts of sins... And Moses comes down from the mountain, and people are sinning, and the wages of sin is death, so 3,000 people died. The day the law was given, 3,000 people died. So Paul calls the giving of the law, which was given on Pentecost, the law. The ministration of death. Oh, you got a sister. So now when the law of the spirit came on Pentecost, how many people were born again? 3,000. So the letter kills. Where's the bell? Where's the bell? (laughs) The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So, he says, he calls the ministry... How many of you like to... By the way, how many of you like to go to the, ch- the church that is, that is called the Ministration of death ministries? Come to our church, we'll kill you. <laughs> Do you want to get sick? Come here. So, so, that is when you follow the letter of the law, that's what you will receive. Again, the law is not bad. The law is good. And Jesus did not... By, by the way... A lot of people, when, when we read about circumcision and when we read Galatians, we, we, we figure circumcision is gone, right? Circumcision is gone. It's gone for Gentiles. But if you're a Jew, you're supposed to circumcise. That hasn't gone away for them. See, God, <laughs> God told Abraham, I am the. God, God told Abraham, I, I, uh, all nations will serve me through you. So God calls the Jews and he calls all nations. He doesn't call me to become a Jew, but he doesn't call a Jew to not remain a Jew. So never, if if a Jew person gets circumcised, we don't tell them you shouldn't. No, they're Jewish. They're supposed to. I'm not. I avoid the pain. But you, you can. The, the argument in the early church, the argument in the early church was that Gentile believers were being forced to become Jewish. And that is a trend that right now. A lot of Christians want to become Jewish. They want to observe all the Jewish feasts. And they want to put the, the, the thing on the head. And the sitsis. And they want, to, they want to be Jewish. I'm happy being Dominican. <laughs> Amen? God redeems who you are. Not to make you into a different thing, but, but into a glorified version of yourself. Oh, you, you didn't get that. Praise the Lord. See, God wants you to be who you are, but in a glorified state. In a glorified state. So I'm, I'm happy to be an American where at least I know I'm free. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that thing about a lot of Christians trying to become a Jewish, uh, Jew, uh, jewish that's a whole bunch of nonsense. That's the right word. I was going to say bull, but that doesn't sound good in church. <laughs> Never say that in church. Never say that's a whole bunch of bull in church. Does not sound good. Nonsense. So, <clears throat> verse 8, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be what? Glorious. So we're talking about the renewal of the, of the mind. For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. So Paul is not saying that the law had no glory. Actually, Paul said the Lord came with glory. There was thundering, there was smoke, there was fire, the mountain shook. The voice thundered glory. And Moses, when he descended from the mountain, his face shone. When I read it now. But the glory that we have now exceeds that glory. You either believe or, or you don't. See the glory that we have now is exceeding glory. Because through a renewed mind, there is no stoppage to what God can do for you or through you through eternity. See, we think that our growth will stop in eternity. No, you'll always be growing and knowing and expanding and exploring and being used by God for the ages and the ages and the ages. Heaven is not going to be boring. Praise God. All those boring preachers that will not be there. <laughs> Heaven is not a boring place. It's exciting. Say, Praise the Lord. Praise now, this is what he says. Let's, let's jump a little bit because I, I don't want to take too much. Did I pass my time? How, how much did I? Five more minutes. Good. I'm not going to do what Pastor Dave does. How many of you give me five minutes and five? I don't know. <laughs> verse 14. <laughs> but their minds, that word is coming back. Their minds were blinded. Let's read verse 13. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. Basically, people, Paul is going to explain that Moses put a veil over his face, not just because his face was shining with the glory, but because the glory was fading. So every day he shone a little less. But not with us in the new covenant. Verse fourteen. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remains the same veil untaken away in the reading of the old testament. Which veil is done away in Christ? So you know you have different images. You have the tearing of the veil of the temple when you know when Christ died, uh, and 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 the rendering of the heavens when Jesus was, uh, was uh, baptized, the heavens were opened, the veil torn. These are all images that speak to us about the new covenant and the access that we have with a renewed mind. This is what he says. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be what? Taken, mm-hmm. Taken away. Now, the Lord is that spirit. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The Lord is the spirit. So he's talking He's giving lordship to the Holy Spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. What kind of liberty are we talking about? Verse 18. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. So this is the renewal of the mind. It's not about... It's not about storing information. It's not about college degrees. It's, not about, it's about beholding. Shout with me, beholding. What do we behold? Beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord, we are being changed into the same icon, image. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's why... The main assignment of the devil is to block the movement of the Holy Spirit within a church. To make us dry and 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 and, and make us, you know, not speak in tongues and, and forget about the Holy Ghost and, and forget about the camp meetings of the 80s where the Holy Ghost was moving. Why? Because the devil wants you on a mind level type of way, but God wants us in a glory level type of way. And to be renewed in the mind, you need to behold the glory. You only behold the glory by the Spirit. And you only behold the glory of the face of Jesus by the preaching of the gospel. I'm going to say that again. The preaching of the gospel is the key to the renewing of the mind. We are, nowadays... I I, I applaud you, all these people here with children. This is not usual right now. People are looking for entertainment today and not the glory of God. They're looking for churches to entertain them and not giving them the word, but not here, not while their Armstrong is alive. Say praise the Lord. So this is what he says. Now jump to chapter 4 and verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God with a small g of this world has blinded the one, The mind. The renewal of the mind has blinded those eyes. The mind. Of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine onto them. So, so people in the world, just like Paul says in, in Ephesians 4.17, they have their news darkened. And you have to understand that their news, their understanding is darkened because there is an agent of darkness. A, a lot of believers today, we are not... We don't talk much about the spiritual warfare that we are fighting right now. We get too much into politics and fighting the people who have the different political point of view that you have that we forget that our fight is not against flesh and blood. Once the light comes, everything else is fixed. Don't, get the, don't try to get the people to believe as you believe. Bring them to the light of Christ and all their belief system will be corrected preach Jesus. Verse 5, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord. I love that. We don't preach ourselves. We don't preach ourselves. Christ Jesus, the Lord. in ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. And then he's he wraps it up here. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Genesis, the, the whole thing with the bell. Genesis, light be, or light was. God who commanded to light, the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the no- knowledge of the glory of God. In the face of Jesus Christ. In other words, when you preach the gospel, when you hear the gospel, it should enlighten you to see the face of Jesus. While Zach was preaching here, I saw the face of Jesus. While Pastor Dave was preaching here, I saw the face of Jesus. It doesn't come By by information, it comes by revelation. When you see him, then your mind is renewed. The renewal of the mind is not a mental exercise. It's an experience where you are always observing Christ and being transformed into the same image. From glory to glory. God bless you. Thank you so much for your attention today. Praise the Lord.
0: Thank you. Now, I, I do not know, so I'm going to ask him. Have you been listening to any of the evening messages? No. I didn't think so. Uh, especially tonight, uh, I think I'm going to reference, because several of the key concepts in scriptures or exactly this unfolding of what God has brought out as the theme of of our position being far above, and you you, you nailed nailed it and made it easier for me to, to, to carry things on supernaturally. And I want to draw that to your attention as I was teaching recently in Richmond. Many things are supernatural, but they're not spectacular. And so people don't see them or recognize them as being supernatural. I gave the example. I always like to draw attention when the 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 worship leader picks a song list that is that is like this with the sermon, and most people think that that's prepared. I I, I refuse to do that with my worship leader because I know he can pray, he can get the heart of the spirit. He and then when it does come together, you, you see Jesus glorified in, a, in the body, right? Well, well, this week, for me, being an observer, I, I just am more astounded than any other landmark that I've been in, how God has woven these, these themes together. It's just really supernatural. It, it is, it's incredible. So tonight's going to be fun. to to bring that forth. Thank you, Jonathan. We're really uh, blessed to receive from you and count you one of us. Uh, You just, um, probably only one doctrinal error that I would like to correct is, uh, you know, stupid. Uh, I'm from the country and some things are stupid. And stupid is as stupid does... And the English language, I don't know of a better word, so you're, you're fine with that one. Praise the Lord. Let's stand up. Give the Lord a shout. It's